squishied it. Hello, squishies. Hello, squishies. Welcome to the Squishcast. I am Unviv, and I am a Andrew. Happy International Women's Day, Viv. Thank you, Andrew. We've got something special to announce this week. Yes, we do indeed. So, to celebrate International Women's Day, we'd like to support a charity that is campaigning for gender equality and women's rights at work, at home, and in public life. Their vision is a society in which women and girls, in all their diversity, are equal and truly free to fulfil their potential, creating a stronger, happier, and better future for us all. They fight for equal pay to secure equal power, challenge attitudes and defend women's rights during COVID-19. We will be raising money for a charity called the Fawcett Society. So starting today and running until Easter Sunday, April 17th, you can follow the link in our bio or from our Instagram, Twitter or Discord and donate to this important cause. The last time we did a fundraiser was for mental health in 2020, can you believe it? And we raised £500. Our audience's generosity is incredible and we hope that you're able to contribute again as well as tell all of your friends to join us. Thank you very much, everyone. Now, let's get on with the show. Well, I feel, I feel good about that, Viv. It's, yeah. Um, it's weird not doing a, a joke introduction. Just to be clear, that wasn't a joke introduction. We, <laughs> we really are raising money for charity now. So thank you. <laughs> so th- I, I mean, like, I it was very difficult. I, like, I did try to write a joke intro for this episode, but I was like, I don't know how to be glib about International Women's Day. Like, <laughs> that's very fair. Like, like anything I tried, even like putting the joke on on me i was like i just i it's not funny <laughs> like it's not it's, i think it's, given it's the... not a funny topic it's yeah. not a, it's, you can't like there's not a way you can do like a one minute Scared about it. <laughs> so, so there's so definitely it's... like considering the theme of the episode and yeah. also the fact that you're also a man. I think it probably would come yeah. off slightly different. Yeah, it all, uh, like... if it was another woman here, you definitely could do like a whole bit. But um, yeah, 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 I totally get that. D- d- despite my best intentions, I was like every single thing. I was like, <laughs> I was like nope. Uh, but also, this is why we're friends, because you have such a good, such an incredible awareness of these things. <laughs> and you, you didn't just go, well, I'll just write something mean and offensive and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, like none, none I appreciate you. Me- yeah, none of it was mean, but, but like, it just, it just nothing, nothing landed. Um, so what's the opposite of not being funny? Being very serious. Incredibly so we're serious. We're doing money, money for charities. Yay. Yeah, we are. So yeah, generally thank you if you if you are able to contribute. Uh, you are a hero. You are indeed. And um, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Yes. So what have you been playing this week, Viv? To no one's surprise, I have been playing Horizon Forbidden West. Okay. Because of course I have. After receiving my very sexy collector's edition oh, yes. of the game, which you can see an unboxing of in uh, our social media. I will say that that video, I. It's wonderful and I love it, but I'm so, so distracted by Wingus and Dingus oh, popping yeah. up all the time that I'm like, oh, what's happened? Oh, it's in the box. Yeah. Oh, oh it's got a trunk now. Oh, it, oh, every time Dingus. you watch it, you just need to remember that that was a time lapse and that well, if they're there for a couple of seconds on a time lapse, they were annoying me <laughs> for 
probably several minutes. Nice. Um, which is yeah, they were they were they were loving it, and actually, uh, one of my Mika, she um, she keeps looking at where it where it is in my shelf. <laughs> She's like, can I somehow jump up there? So someday, the statue is going to be on the floor. But anyway, so I received my very sexy edition. You can check it out on our socials. It's got a really amazing, massive, might I add, statue of a Tremor Tusk, which you'll be able to find in the game. I have not encountered it as of yet, but it's very beautiful and I cannot wait to see it. Um, And it came also with an art book and a steel book, which you can open and it's got nothing in it (laughs) because I got a code for the game. So I have a steel book, but no disc. Uh, which is fine. I just like seeing stuff on my shelf sometimes. Um, and I couldn't get the Regala edition because it was sold out. So, second best. Uh, but yes, but about the game. So, obviously, I love Aloy. I have missed her. Uh, the, the game has given you all of the features that it had in the previous game. All of the open world goodness, you know, uh, Aloy's character like being developed, bringing characters back some of the functions in the game like really just like really familiar really great all the stuff that we love so i really really love that i love how it looks it's so beautiful i've actually just done a section um without too many spoilers that's almost like the most incredible treehouse you have ever seen and i i don't want to leave because i just i just love it so much um Really, really beautiful. Love the colors. I love the detail on her face. Like they have, I feel like, in keeping with the theme of today as well. Like her, like Aloy's face. Like she looks like a woman. Like not like a video game woman. She looks like a woman. Like they, she has sort of like slightly red cheeks. Um, in the cutscene, she's obviously got a lot more detail with the hair and everything. But like, it, she just looks like a woman. She acts like the confident woman that she is. Like the ex- they've made her expressions really great, so you can really sort of go with her on the story. Like the character really does that for you. They did such a great job, and I love her. I love how they developed her. I have a couple of things that I'm not such a fan of. I this is an open world game, and I like to do everything. So number one, and I don't know if you've encountered this, Andrew. There is a game in within horizon which i would say is like the gwent version it's like a shit gwent version from the witcher 3 and it's called machine strike and i cannot like i will do it but i i can't i don't i don't know i don't know who invented this game and who thought it was a good idea but i'm honestly just i'm going through it for the skill points because the game is so random and it's so weird like it makes sense but only just about uh, I, I haven't been able to figure out the pro- properly the rules of the game yet. I think every time I've won has been by accident. So that's my first thing. My second thing is that... So obviously I'm doing everything to get experience. So I get the the skill points so I can sort of go about... You know, put, put them in my skill tree. And there's about five of them. Anything ranging from like being better with machines to stealth to like better being better at hunting. All of that stuff. And I was really looking at everything that I was putting it into. But in a way, this is, is for me, it's almost turning a little bit like, um, you know how we were talking about Doom Eternal and how there's just so much going on with all the controls? Yes. 
kind of like that with the skill trees. Like I have stopped looking at what it does. Like I'm going down, but there's so many instructions all the time that I just don't care. Like you, you, I, I have stopped looking at them, and it's made no difference to my gameplay right now. I, I just can't take that much information in. It's like it was all of the rules of Machine Strike. It was like everything that comes with the skill points, and I'm like like the first like bit of the skill point like i've done all of them across all five and it's just every single one of them has got like a different new control and i just can't so that's that's a thing that i'm like i'm not sure that they needed to add all of these different instructions and i know i'm going to need to look over them because it's going to help me in some fight at some point but i wasn't such a big fan of that made me a bit sad um but those are the only two complaints I have so far. Everything else I love, they've added in a climbing function, so you can't just fall off a cliff and die all the time. You can actually climb up and down cliffs, so you don't have to, you know, spend 10 minutes going around the mountain trying to get up it, all of that. Um, they've added in, uh, like, a pool caster uh, weapon, so, you know, when you want to climb up, and actually, if you don't want to climb up, sometimes there's an option where you can just, like, pull yourself up. Um which is I, I really like as well and I think it's made some of the puzzling a bit more interesting as well uh, which I've really, really enjoying uh, there's a few puzzles in, in like sort of the ruins that you can go into so rather than just having to climb and finding it you actually have to do things uh, to be able to get it which is really great so I'm really enjoying that uh, but yeah but those are my only two complaints so far the rest of it is incredible I'm loving it I've played maybe about 20 hours of it now and um I just I need more. I need more. Yeah, I've only I've only played three or four hours, so I can't I can't really speak to this. I think that the the one thing I like the most as a change they made from the first game is that during conversations that the characters don't look dead anymore. They don't yeah. look like robots yeah. that just sort of stand there and sort of flap their mouths open. Like that they're genuinely reacting and emoting correctly to what they're saying yeah there's which, expression yeah yeah they which have is really nice uh i mean the, the the obviously the characters look uh great but they've really done some work on the eyebrows like yeah. the, the the sort of forehead area like the eyebrows moving and there being creases in in their faces and things it's just really great it's nice to see some of the characters back um you, you you say that it's five years since i played the first game i have not a clue who any of these idiots are bless you like people like in the first rise are like hey how have you been oh it's, we haven't seen you in six months i'm like i have no idea who you are. <laughs> some of the characters um so that first very first one i know they even counted it so i can talk about it which is petra she's not really a main character in the previous game i don't think so if you don't remember her that's probably fair some of the other ones you will Sure. Because you will have, you will have been with them in sort of main quests, um, but you'll have to let, let let us know, Andrew, once you've played a little I bit will. more. Of I, it. I do have one thing that I'm not, not so keen on, but I'm really reluctant to say it because I don't want to draw your attention to it in case it, it ruins it for you. Nah, uh, say it. Are you sure? Yeah, go for it. I, I mean, I don't want to ruin the next sixty hours of the game for you if it's if you feel. The I same don't way. know what it is, Andrew. So I it's I can't a, tell is, you whether you can tell me or not. You're gonna it, have to make it that. Is a, it is about Aloy. Okay, go for it. I I don't like the disconnect between Ashley Birch's incredible performance and the 
mime artists they've got doing the motion capture. I don't believe right. that the voice and the physical person of Aloy are the same character. And it, right. every yeah, yeah, yeah. cutscene, it bothers the heck out of me that that you've got this person gesticulating wildly because the motion capture actress has has, has had to mime actions. So it seems very pantomime and very mimey. Um, and then Ashley Birch's voice doesn't always connect with that to me, and I find it very distracting. Okay. Also, and I'm only four hours in, but I also have a weird thing that I'm not sure that Aloy's the most interesting character in the game. Oh, she isn't. And that, that I'm a bit like, oh, that's a bit weird. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I, she's great, and she's um, like, I love playing as her and stuff. But as as a writer. The point is that everyone else should reflect back onto your main character, and I feel like she's reflecting onto them. Yeah, don't get me wrong. So, the, for the as for the first point, I can see some of it. There's actually a scene that that I, I again I won't talk about because it will be a massive spoiler. But that's just happened where I didn't think I basically the she was feeling insecure, and that's how she was feeling in that scene. And I'm not sure that what her face was doing was what was being said. So I did think that, so I did notice that. It it still happens. It does get a bit more depth to it once you play it a bit more. Um, so that, but that, you know, I do I do see that. And uh, as for the second point, I think there is something in, you know, obviously the first game you were getting to know her and she then saved everyone. So, I I mean, I really hope it moves along. Quite a lot of the people that I've encountered, it's, always the same thing it's like oh my god it's the savior oh my god it's the savior the savior the same and that is how people are treating her which i don't think is wrong but i do hope that that's not the only thing that people do um i sort of in a way hope that she does something that makes people hate her again yeah. Just so there can be some sort of story development, because right now everyone's hold, sort of holding a pedestal. And actually, I've encountered a couple of characters who don't like her, and it's been great. They're just rude. <laughs> so you just go say hi, and they're like, "What do you want?" Cool. And you're like, "Cool." Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to a bit more. I was texting you during the during the tutorial thing, going, "Yeah, please, will this end?" Yeah. Because, um, like, I get it. Like, you you can't have her learn how to use the focus again because you had that wonderful scene in the first one when she's a kid and you find the focus and you learn the focus yep. and it makes sense because yep. the game's teaching you and you're learning but you know all this stuff if you've played the first game by this point but they have to account for people that might not have played the first game yep. who just want to jump in the second one and learn how to use the focus but at the same time you're like no I just tell me what the buttons are like I get it and then you've you've got um, Val following yeah. you around and you're like why are you here? Like I don't, I don't dislike him, but I'm just like, go away. I, I, because you're tutorializing him, which is weird because you don't play as him. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm just, I, I sound like I'm very complaining. I'm only four hours in. Um, the, the as you said, like all, all the combat's really great. The world looks beautiful. Like the oh, some of the maps, Andrew. Oh, I can't wait for you to get to them. I mean, I, I texted you during that tutorial that I, I kept stopping all the time because I just wanted to look at the moss. Like the the the, the little yep. sort of green fur over rocks and stuff is so beautiful. Um, you also on a big four K TV. You're like, oh, that's so pretty. Haptics are great. Um, 
they've really they've used the haptics in this game so if you're going to play it and you own a ps5 you're in for a treat because not only have they added in the haptics and the triggers and stuff but also there's moments where doors close or open and, and you can feel the vibration of the door opening but they've also so there's the you know the sound of the game and all of the uh, everything that comes in the world but when the door opens the everything that is door related is in the controller so you feel the vibration of the door open and they've also added and i only noticed it sort of 15 hours in that there was also a sound effect that came just from the controller there was just the door Oh. And it honestly, I was like, "This is this is great." Like, I just kept wanting to open it and close it. Obviously, I mm. couldn't. Just to hear that, it was really, really great. You're in for a treat. It's a very good game. Yeah. Um, if you can get past some of the controls stuff, you know, um, actually, I would say just if actually I would say if you if you find it overwhelming, just don't look at them. Just play it, and then when you feel like it's getting a little bit hard, which is what I've been doing, have a look at something new, and add that into your gameplay. What about you, Andrew? What have you been playing? Well, I'm I'm a lot further behind you with uh, Horizon, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, but because of the theme of today's Squishcast, I was going to talk about something that I played a couple of weeks ago. A game called uh, Goodbye Deponia, which is the third game in the Deponia series. I started the I played the first one last summer uh, when I was cat sitting at, at Devon's house um, and then I started the second one but didn't didn't finish it until recently and then I couldn't play the third one because it had been delisted on the PlayStation store but I picked up a, a copy on sale on Steam so I played it on there and I'd always had this kind of wonder why it had been delisted I can't remember exactly what the developer said it was something along the lines of that Sony had changed their minds about content in it and I was like that's weird and Sony have done this recently with uh, Martha is Dead because they took objection to some of the violent content in that so they asked the developers to remove that uh, from from that game you can if you're interested in, in that you can read up on it so I was playing this third game and I, I text you particularly during the second one when I was playing it because the first one was sort of fine, but I was texting you during the second one, going, the, the main character's awful. Like, I was really struggling with how he was going about things in a, like, a really aggressive point-and-click main character kind of way, where, like, he took joy in screwing people over, rather than it just being a consequence of what you were doing. Take, for example, when we were playing Beneath a Steel Sky, so I could get you prepped for Beyond, and you got that factory foreman, and through our actions, we remove his ability to move between levels in the city. So he gets stuck in one place. That's us as a main character screwing over another character for our own means, right? Absolutely. Foster doesn't relish in it. Like, it's not... not it's a means thing. to an end, not yeah. the goal. Yeah, and he's not going to do it to um, that guy's face and then sort of rub it in his face and stuff. But, the, like, the, the, the main character in Deponio is, is kind of like that. So I got around to the third game with that idea in my head of like, okay, so Sony has had this delisted from their store, and I'd wondered why. And I was playing it, and again, the the main character was getting increasingly more unpleasant in the way you were having to go about doing things, and these are the solutions, and you're like, well, that's that's awful. And there were two things, and I remember, I was it the was that same day that I played this that I texted you about these two things. 
Yeah, um, I think so, because you, you texted me about the first thing and then later on you were like, well, they've just done this. Yeah, so the the second thing is more related to the topic, but I'll tell you the first thing because I think this is half of why Sony were like, no, we don't want, we're not selling this anymore. So there is a part of the game where the main character meets three toddlers and he doesn't want anything to do with them. He want, He just wants to get rid of them, but they're all on their own. And wherever you go, they sort of follow you around. And there is a yellow minivan. And inside the minivan is unequivocally a paedophile. A creepy, vest-wearing, very evident in the way he talks and the way the puzzle revolves paedophile. And you as the character encourage the children go to him in order for you to complete a puzzle good god and it's it's re it's horrible and it made me feel really really uncomfortable i was like i don't there's no joke here there's no it's like we were talking about at the beginning with the being unable to write a joke about international women's day yeah like there's there's no it's not funny there's it's no not way funny. Out it has no purpose other than it being awful. Yeah. Yeah. That's half of it. And the other thing. So in the same sort of area, you meet a character who had popped up in one of the other games. And he is um, with his girlfriend, his new girlfriend. And I say this uh, because uh, I need to be clear as to the full context of this. And uh, he is dating a black woman. And she is the only, as I remember, black character in the game. And the puzzle you have to do is you have to separate these two people. Because there is a character that you need to get money from. And he is uh, an organ grinder. And... Uh, he needs an employee. By separating the man and the woman, the woman is sad and desperate. So you sell her to this organ grinder to be her, his, rather, quote-unquote, monkey to dance. Fuck me. And once that is transaction is complete, the next time you see her, she is standing naked except for the small red vest and a, and a fez. And it, the, the red vest just, just about covers her chest. And that's the end of the puzzle, because you get the money from, from the man, and off you go. That's fucking awful. And, yeah. That is, that is awful. It's so bad. When, when was this game made? Um, Not that it matters really because that should never fucking happen 2013 this game was made in 2013 are you kidding nope i i can't believe i mean two things one i i, ca I can't believe i mean obviously everyone in that whoever made that they were just also ignorant i can't yeah, even ev everyone, everyone was complicit in that yeah making the, it to the game yeah i i i can't like if someone ever suggested to me i would quit like that is that is too much um just ridiculous ridiculous anyway that's one thing and the second thing is in in the same breath very glad that uh, sony pulled it 
Yeah, I'm really absolutely. glad that their stand was you remove it or I remove your game, yeah. and then followed through. Like this is why, like yeah. they have a lot. They can they have their own issues, but when it comes to these sorts of things, when they go, this is not acceptable. Goodbye, and they just do it. Yeah. Um. God, that's just yeah. Yeah, that's you know that's that's your store. You're you're selling that and representing that. There's already I mean, enough enough like sexism in games you don't need to like yeah. then add like really blatant like you have created this like racist sexist game and expected someone to want to sell it on their store no yeah. no but yeah it's it's still available everywhere else you can still buy it on for pc it's still on xbox uh it's on switch so it's ever it is everywhere else um, but yeah, Sony took a stand, took it down. I mean, that's it's not been confirmed that it's those two particular. I things, mean, but after but they I, said I, that Sony had changed their yeah. mind about some of the content, then yeah. you know it's that. I played the entire game, and and yes, it is those things. I I mean, that's it was fairly close to the end of the game, and I texted you about it. I was like, I I need to finish this only so that I have closure on this event. Yeah. I was like, I need to finish the game. The game is complete. I delete the game, and that's it. And it's. It's not something that is going to stick with me. I'd had the fourth game installed on on my PlayStation. It was like fully intended to play, and that's been deleted. And I I've no intention of of going back to that. I'm sort of I'm sort of done. You know, it's the first the first series from this uh, from this company that I've paid, and I get the get the impression from what I've looked at that the the rest of their work doesn't have this same level of. And please imagine the very large air quotes i'm saying here this level of humor uh is not prevalent in in their other games and they are working on that golem game that we talked about uh a few a few episodes oh, ago is that them yeah it's the same company interesting um yeah it, i mean it's interesting that their fourth game is on the store so they, they've clearly you know um either learned something or had you know they were forced to create a different type of game for it to be able to even be on the sony uh, on the PlayStation Store. I can't remember if I told you this. So the first game, a lot of it revolves around you having to rescue and save a woman. A of course it does. Damsel yeah. in distress, yeah. And potentially naively on my behalf, I thought that the name they gave that character was ironic. But as the games have gone by, I don't think it's ironic. Did I ever tell you what her name was? No, no. I don't know. Her name was Goal. Oh, but are you serious? Yeah. So my my instinct playing the first game is like, that's ironic because they're making a reference to the fact that women are often presented as goals in games. And that's the well, uh, what you have to... Very often, it's not even just a goal. It's a reward system. Yeah. The women yeah, are yeah. the reward system. You do something to get the woman. You do something to save the woman. Then you get the woman. Like that is what like, you know, lots of games revolve around. Yeah. So I thought it was ironic, but um, as the series went on, I I am not entirely sure it was. I think, I think that, that was yeah. they were probably being very on the nose and very honest about how they saw uh, that character. Yep. Anyway, that got that's that's got really unpleasant, didn't it? So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Some games are like that. Some games are really very much unpleasant, and um, reasons why we also did this episode. Yeah. Because uh, it's definitely something that we bring up quite a lot uh, when we're playing, uh, and we feel like. 
a female character has been misrepresented. We do bring it up a lot, so we thought, why not dedicate an entire episode to it? Yes. And on that note, shall we move on to the discussion? Yes. I almost forgot about some of the details in that, you know. It was also their their best-selling game in the series. Ugh. Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. I mean, I can, and I can't believe that at yeah. the same time. I just... It's, it's video, video games, isn't it? It's just like, these days, it's just a part of the culture. And I just have to remind myself of that. Like, the things are changing, but there are just people who haven't. Just like with anything. Like, there are companies who move with the times, and there are companies who just don't because of the people that are running them. Oh, speaking of such things, this is really off-topic and not something we'd planned on talking about. But I guess it sort of it does link all in. Did you see the report recently about the Microsoft Activision thing? I have Cause, not. Because I I have I have a really weird feeling about this, and it's just not how it was ever reported. So obviously we we've, we've spoken at length. Uh, God, it was the second episode about the Activision Blizzard the the that whole thing. Yeah. If you yeah. want to know more about it, go back and find our let's talk about Activision Blizzard episode and obviously Microsoft are now in the process of buying that company it has been reported that it was three days after everything came out about Activision that Microsoft approached Activision about that purchase and I read that I was like that seems that seems a bit parasitic like they just they they've seen a company that's floundering under the weight of appalling abuse claims and have gone you can probably make a deal here do you know what i mean yep i mean that sounds about right that's how uh, a lot of business deals are made you, they you know people either wait or create a situation where the value of that company decreases so that they can buy it but that's i feel very much how business that things work in the business world but i feel like I feel it really reflects poorly on Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. I mean, like it makes it just do makes better, me... yeah. yeah. Do better. You buying a company who's on like under those, like, such an awful allegations, just because you got it cheap. Like this is this is awful. Yeah. It's really bad. This is why I don't want to go back into Microsoft. I don't want to buy an Xbox because like not only is there not as many games. And the games I mean, you do the, I mean, make, I don't I mean, want to play. And now you've bought companies to make games that we already like, exclusive yeah. to you. And then you're buying company like it's so desperate. Like their entire model is so desperate, and I don't like it. Like just folk, if you invest in the people making games for you, they will make a good game. Like proper investment and support. Like this is what I feel. You know, PlayStation game happens with PlayStation games. Like they really look after their studios. Yeah. Imagine if. Um Microsoft had spent the money that they spent on Bethesda and Activision, and rather than buying up all of the companies in the world, yeah, they invested in creating new companies and creating new experiences that yeah. were their own. And yeah. hiring people who like could bring a fresh gaming perspective. Like there are so many people out there who could do that. There's such a love of gaming; it's boomed so much during the pandemic. There are people out there who would I know would create incredible games, and they're yeah. just trying to buy up every single person who's made a, a vaguely decent game, regardless of their values, ethics, morals. I I just yeah, I've got no respect for that. 
but we still want to play Senua. Damn it. I know. I mean, I might have to... um, I'll do one of two things. I will mm-hmm. either wait until it actually comes out on PlayStation, which will maybe whatever a year, two years, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm going to spend lots and lots of money in game, and I'm going to sit in. Was it called Beyond? And I'm going <laughs> to play that fucking game on there. Fair. Um, that's yeah. So then we'll see what happens. It's just me, me, and a bunch of fifteen-year-olds. Yeah, and they're all playing Call of Duty. Or yeah, or Fortnite or something. And I'll just be like, send you sh- everyone. Sh- <laughs> Emotions are happening. Emotions are happening. Just crying in the corner. <laughs> uh, yeah. That'll be me, yes. Yeah, that'll, that'll work out. A weird flex, I feel. I don't like it. No. Shall we move along? As we said at the top of the show, it was International Women's Day this week just gone. And having talked a couple of episodes ago about representation of women in video games, we thought that this might be a good time for a discussion. Uh, we haven't planned what we're going to say. We're just going to throw names of video games and their female characters at each other and hope for the best. Yeah, and, and see what happens. Um, I like this. This is a this is a fairly off-the-cuff episode we're doing I know. this week. I so, love it. But Viv, you go first. Hit me with your first female character and the game she's from. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to say it because I've been talking about it. It feels right to start with Aloy from okay. Horizon Forbidden West. Again, looks like a woman, behaves like a woman, even if some of the stuff is a bit disjointed. Um, you sent me a tweet about some <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> He's already laughing because it's oh. just ridiculous. Who, you know, there was a close up of Aloy, Aloy's face, where you know how humans have hair all over their body? Yep. And uh, so in this image that Andrew had sent me, there was a picture of her face and it would, it'd sort of been zoomed in on the side of one of her cheeks and you could see the little hair basically on the side. And so this dumb idiot was like, so Aloy has a beard? Why does she have a beard? Which is just the most ignorant thing I, I had heard that week. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I said to you that um, my... My first reaction was that this uh, this man needs to spend more time around women, but then I, it was like <laughs> that that seems like a punishment to women. Yeah, please, like we don't want you. No, uh, nobody wants you. I don't understand. Um, so that is that is some of the things that we just come across that you just think really, like that is those that is women. That is people. Like we have hair. Um, so um, welcome. Uh, that is what a woman looks like. A person who has never been around a woman. That is what women look like. And um, good night, basically. But moving away from this person, that is just one of the examples of the things that come across, like games that we really hate. So ignorant, but and but all that makes also makes me really glad that Aloy exists and that, that screenshot, that, that image exists. Like there is yeah. hair. Get used to it. She has red cheeks. Get used to it because that's how humans are. Yeah, going back an entire game, um, and I touched on this a little bit when we were talking when you we were talking about Forbidden West. Aloy's story in Zero Dawn is so personal to her. The way she goes from from an outcast in that society, and the journey you take her on through survival and discovery of herself, the world, her place in it, what it means. Like, it's a really compelling narrative that is told about Aloy in that first game. It really is. And you know what it does for me? It makes me genuinely love Rost, 
who looks after her because none of her story revolves around him after that. He's a big part of her story. He looked after her. He became an outcast for her, you know, raised her, taught her how to fight. But there's never, like, you know, however many hours of game, there was 60 hours of game. You know, it, it's not like, oh, Rast, oh, you know, like the typical, like, I must reference the man in the story for me to have validation. She's sad about it and then she moves on. There is the occasional mention, like as humans we do, you know, you remember and you get a bit sad that that person is no longer there. Spoilers, sorry. Um, But it just never revolves around him and because it does, it just makes me, I love Rost, I love him. He just felt like a really genuine person and it didn't completely influence her journey and I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's all I have to say about that. Well, along those same sort of lines of having or not having daddy issues, why don't I throw out Lara Croft at you? Yeah, I thought that might come up. Only because I don't feel like any of the games, at least the ones I've played, I think maybe some of the later ones before the reboot might have gone into this, but like the early ones and then the reboot games are not daddy issue games. Every fucking thing around those games is the movies are all daddy issue movies. Oh yeah. Like particularly the the most recent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where all of her my daddy this. I can't yeah. do this because my daddy did this and I do that because I'm my entire life is dictated by my daddy. Yeah. Like yep. all of all of her agency is, is removed um from that. But but games, Lara Croft. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. And I think you mentioned it in another episode about actually the size of her boobs. <laughs> um, I actually read up about this, mm-hmm. and apparently the 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 boobs were never meant to be that big, and one of the someone who was working on the game had accidentally blown it up, and they ended up keeping it. And I like as as like a team, they decided to keep it, but it, it was never meant to be a like sexualization of the character. Um even though it became a sort of pin-up style kind of thing around the actual audience, I don't think it was ever meant to be that. No, and I don't, I don't, think, I don't think she's represented that way. Um, At all. In, in, in yeah. the games, in the original games or, or the recent ones. I don't think she's presented as a um, purely sexual person. And I don't think she represents herself in, a, in as a as a sexual person. No, if that makes you know either. you don't you don't see her having like relationships or having you know like making the entire games about relationships or using her sexuality. She just goes around climbing and shooting things and, and solving fall, the puzzles. I mean, in the in the in the recent trilogy, uh, falling off of things. Falling off of things, just yeah. Endlessly falling over. Or, She's a v- very clumsy lady. It's very clumsy lady, and also just you know, um, killing people and not caring about it. That's really yeah. what she's about. She just yeah. kills. Go. Oh, this is really bad. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> that that is that is the one of the funniest things in in Tomb Raider 2013, where. She's like, I don't kill people. <laughs> cut to cut to two hours later. Come here, you bastards! I'm going to kill all of you. <laughs> yeah, pretty I'm much. Burn down your monastery and kill you all. And you're like, okay, well, <laughs> okay. Who knows what stress does to a person? <laughs> <laughs> Just really high levels of pressure really yeah. does that to someone. Yeah. That's very fair. Um, one of the things that, and this will help me move on to the next one, is mm-hmm. that one of the ways that I know, and you know, that it's not, it was not meant to be 
a sexualized thing mm-hmm. is by the angles of the shots that are in the games. You know, when you're trying to weaponize a woman's sexuality, you tend to like zoom in on the boobs or the butt and all yep. of that stuff. And there is never any of that in, in Tomb Raider. Like she just has the big boobs. Yeah. Um, which is good to see. Like she just is a woman with big boobs. There's never any attention drawn to it. But other games, and I, I find that, and I've just made a general of this because I I don't tend to play very many of these types of games. But Japanese certain Japanese games have a real like a really bad for sexualizing women. Um, and like you know, like a, an example of it is Catherine Fullbody. Okay. Um, you know, like some of those characters, like one of the Catherines, I forget which C she has, but she's the one that's kind of really onto him. She's really trying to essentially sleep with him. Yes, although she, I, I will. How, how you haven't played, ev- you haven't seen every ending, have you? And you didn't no. get with you didn't get with that Catherine either, did you? No, because I hated um, her. Fair. I sound. I absolutely sound like the man trying to justify the sexy woman now. But I'm not. Can I give you a bit of context for that, Catherine, to see sure. how that would how how you might change your mind? Spoilers. To I mean, anyone. I haven't said what I think, so I don't know how you're gonna how you know you're gonna change my mind. But yes. Okay. Well, do you want to say what you say first? No, then? no. You go now. I'm curious. <laughs> okay. Spoilers for Catherine. Full and body. Catherine yeah. And full body. So that Catherine is the daughter of the devil, and it's and her plan is to corrupt men. Her plan is to find men in relationships and very deliberately force them to cheat to um, corrupt them and then so that uh, souls for her dad and stuff like that. That's that's where she comes from. That only that only slightly affects what I'm going to say because my thing with that is is that that is fine. That That can totally be how that female character is. Okay. I'm not even talking about how she is. I'm talking about okay. what we see. Okay. And that is the close-up of the boobs and the close-up of the butt. Like, it's the angles of which they represent her. Like, I uh, okay. understand yeah. that yeah. she her goal in life is to separate them. I don't think I needed to see that. That That's not important. Okay, so it's the, it's the it's, titillation of it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. because, you know, because of the type of game that it is and the type of people that might be playing it, that is in there and that sort of happens with all of the characters irrespective of their goal in the game it happens more with her because she's the most hypersexualized for that reason obviously but like there is there's in all of them like there's just even the catherine that is like you know the really straight one like the really like she's on the narrative she's a you know got career in all of that malarkey like the actual girlfriend there are shots of her which are just like her boobs because just because she's got them so and that's my thing with certain japanese games is it doesn't matter what the the aim of that character is there always has to be that shot yeah which is irrelevant to the story because you can have someone who's hypersexualized without having to see that without them having to be in skimpy clothes all the time um because you never see the guy that way even though like he's the player he's the one technically almost sleeping with everyone but you never see him that way so that is my point with certain yeah. certain games is the they choose those very specifically choose those angles to represent the women. Yeah. I mean along these lines, if you don't mind me yeah, segueing in. Um so we we played Gravity Rush on, yeah. on stream 
and uh, Kat's one of mine because I I really love Kat as the main character, uh, and her her story is from uh, from an amnesiac into discovering who she is and her powers and and such is is great. But yeah, there is that same thing happens in in Gravity Rush. There's um, as a DLC you can do. There's two DLCs. One where you're in a uh, skimpy servant's outfit, and one when you're in a tight latex catsuit. But the uh, the moment for me in the first game that I was like, wow, this is they're, they're, how they're portraying the character, or how I'm playing the character, and how they're telling me the character is are two different things. Uh, do you remember you uh, build a house for yourself in the sewers in the game? We had to go and find furniture, and then we took it down to yeah, the Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a, there's a scene, I think it might have been the police do a raid. I can't remember who exactly it is, but somebody breaks, not breaks in, but uh, surprises her in in her house, in her little sewer house. And she sort of tumbles out of bed and uh, the the sheet is flapping and the sheet just covers her modesty as she was sleeping naked in bed and it gets alarmed and sort of springs naked out of bed. I was like, I don't, I don't think that was necessary at all. Nope. It's weird. What a weird choice. That's that's definitely not. Yeah, I mean, it's not weird. It's just typical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, but cat, cat herself is great. At least the way I played her was great. Um, uh, and you got um, you got your little, you got li- your little cat friend with the universe inside it. <laughs> I still recommend. Absolutely recommend Gravity Rush. I think sometimes it's just knowing what you're going into when you're going into a game because yeah. um, I don't like it when those things surprise me. Like if I know, like when I played Catherine Full Body, I know what kind of game it is. I knew to expect it. So it wasn't a shock and it, I didn't find it so offensive if I know it's coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still not not great, but um, some warning is usually good. Uh, but speaking of skimpy outfits, mm-hmm. if you're happy for me to move on, yeah, um, I actually wanted to talk about Resident Evil again because okay. we both very much love Ada Wong. Yeah. And she she was in fact in fact so popular that she I think she was a sidekick first and then was eventually made into a playable character, which I think is great. I don't think her dress is in any way appropriate for what she's doing and she is one of the only characters who wears something like that, like just a really skimpy tight red dress and she's running around rolling around and shooting stuff and like you know just it just it's not appropriate um and not fit for purpose as much as i love the character but also and this is another thing that i was looking into is that when she is a playable character obviously in resident evil 2 you can only play as her for like an hour or so but in the is it Resident Evil 5 or 6? Where you have to play all of the other versions to unlock the Ada Wong version. Uh, 5. Yeah. And we never got to play as her because it was so difficult to get to her. Was it 5? Or maybe it is 6. Either one of those. It might have been 6 because we gave up on 6. Yeah. So, and you have to get through so many versions of the game to be able to play as her. So you never do. And this is another thing that happens in in video games and I was looking into and this is not a recent um, article but it's it's something that still happens it's where you have a high percentage of games that are male like characters are male 
the main character, sorry, are male. And you have female sidekicks, damsel in distress, whatever it is. There's obviously a smaller percentage of games that have female characters as protagonists. But then in terms of like this new culture of um, like paying to play, quite a lot of the time playing as a female character has got a higher cost. There's a higher percentage of male protagonist led games they're either free to play or a lot cheaper or you can get deals on them not the female so not only is it less accessible less there's less playable characters but it's also more expensive oh wow i know um which is a you know a, a reflection of how society is you know like you have things like i don't know tampons or you know there's pink tax or you know, like there's all these extra costs that come with being a woman anyway that then people put extra costs on top um because of who has placed that cost there uh, has no understanding of that kind of imbalance and that's something that happens in those games not in resident evil because you know it, you, once you get the games you can just play as her but you have to un- you almost have to like unlock her and because the game is not great you have to play it three times to be able to play as her it's just not it's just not great it's awful one along the lines of both of those points that I, uh, I I feel more positive about. Um, I want to talk about Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite. Okay. Um, so when Bioshock Infinite was first announced with a CGI trailer, um, Elizabeth had uh, her iconic blue dress on, but it was. Very tight, corseted, very cleavagey. By the time the game came out, she was not wearing that. You see, you can see that representation in the in the game. I don't want to spoil the context of where you see that, but that's not who Elizabeth is. But she's she's not a playable character. But she is with you. She's like Ellie from uh, The Last of Us, in as much as that you, uh, as Troy Baker, are playing the the main character, and you have a secondary character that's with you but it was also around the the same time as the the last of us where those secondary characters weren't uh, a hindrance or a a nuisance to you as in gameplay that you weren't just doing an escort mission for 15 20 hours or whatever it is that they're integral to it and and important and they uh, they assist during during battle and things and um Bioshock Infinite does start with um, your, I want to say rescue of, I mean, you definitely do rescue Elizabeth. I'm trying to remember if you're, no, you're trying to kidnap her. That's what you're trying to do. And then the relationship builds as as the game goes across. You haven't played Infinite yet, have you? I haven't, no, so I can't really comment on this one. Yeah. I like Elizabeth a lot. I like that she holds you accountable, holds Booker accountable for for his actions, what he's doing, for the politics of the world, for what she means to that world and her feelings on it and feelings on her place in it. I think okay. she's she's interesting. I think you'd I think you'd really like Infinite. Yeah, um, it is on on my very long list of games to play. Um, so I look forward to to meeting her in the game. Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of get, you know characters that you really enjoy, mm-hmm. I just want to give a quick mention again to um, Wolfenstein 
and how even though they're not main characters or playable characters how well they represented um grace and anya in uh the new colossus is that the the, the second one yeah um because again uh grace has got a baby she's fighting a war but the baby is never hidden you never just uh, see the baby and then it's like well you know that she has a baby it never has to appear again she does some of the beatings she appears she's you know she's the baby's quite present and you know that she in between fighting was has to, to to look after this person who's dependent on her and then anya and I, i'm i'm just going to say what it is now because anya is now a part of one of my top favorite video game cutscenes of all time uh, Anya is pregnant from the main character in the game. Again, never a thing that's like he he does his thing, she does her thing. It's never her story. Never just revolves around his. I feel, but they are together. She becomes pregnant, but she's still fighting the war. Um, and there is a scene where the main protagonist he's in trouble. He looks like he's about to die, and she comes in, guns blazing, like full on, like eight month, I would say, eight night, like really, like big pregnant belly. Comes in, guns blazing, kills everyone. Something blows up, and and she kind of like s- sort of runs at the mate at the guy and pushes him out of the way so that he doesn't die, which is amazing. In her pregnant belly, r- incredible. Her top is then caught on fire. She just takes off her top and she's still shooting people. But it's never sexual. This is what I love about it. It's never sexual. It's very practical. She's just pregnant. She's got her top off. She's shooting stuff because her top was on fire. Um, and I just that entire scene for me was incredible. Because, you know, some people like to behave like when you're pregnant, it's like you're sick. You're supposed to not leave the house. You can't even lift anything. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> no one becomes helpless when they're pregnant. And she's just, just such a kick-ass lady in that. Uh, and I also like that um, uh, his response wasn't like, that's hot or this or, you know, or something, you know, or sexist her. or shaming her. He, he like, or he, like she pushes him out of the way and he just goes, wow. And that is all he says. And I was like, that was enough. And I, just that scene was just great for me. It's, it is one of my top scenes, like just just great really loved it every every time i hear you talk passionately about about that game i i'm so i'm so happy because because obviously i banged on about how yeah about that about being one of my favorite game stories um ever and yeah it's, it's just it makes me really happy that you engaged with it as much as as i did and i and i hoped that you would yeah yeah it. it was it was a really really great recommendation i really loved it um, so thank you for that. You're welcome. It's also good um, to to know you enjoyed some first person shooters because it's not your favourite genre. You know, I'm I'm getting more used to it now because I've I've I wanted to play Resident Evil Eight so much. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm getting used to it. Like I have I have developed a bit of more of a resist, and it's it's not just about how it looks. It's how I feel when the game is running. It sometimes made me feel a little bit motion sick because of how the world moves but I, I i think i'm becoming a bit more used to it now so i think i can enjoy first person shooters a bit more now um because yeah i really struggled as soon as that camera zoomed in it made me feel a bit made me feel away but um it's getting better now so i can manage to really enjoy wolfenstein it's good it's great stuff let's click with resident evil then um because i mean you've already mentioned ada we can definitely talk about jill 
we could talk about Claire. But I wanted to talk about Lady Dimitrescu. Okay. I feel this is this is a weird one, in as much as I don't think there's anything in that game where she presents herself as a as a sexual being. Yeah. And yet, the internet. Yeah. Imposed a lot of. Yeah. Stuff onto that character, to to the extent that people are still angry. Because they they did that big the, the big launch thing and everyone saw Lady Dimitrescu the first time and the internet got the internet did what the internet does and then which presumably took the devs by surprise because you know just she's just one of a cast of odd characters and they sort of leaned into that a bit because why wouldn't you if you're marketing and that's what's popular but then everyone got really grumpy because she's just one of the cast of characters and that she's actually the first one you meet. And then you, you do her a bit of a dead. And then you move on and you meet other weird characters. And you um, don't ever see her again. No, because she's dead. Because you exploded her into crystals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, that that is a good one, actually, because I I, re- I really feel like that is also a reflection of what people are expecting when they see female characters. So yeah. that is not so much on the devs, because they do, they actually, Resident Evil, they do, a, a I would say, a one of the better people. They, they represent women so much better now. Um, no, I think you're right. Although uh, I think their current representation is better than it used to be. If you compare original Jill with remake jill like she looks like she's going to work practically actually um you remember in the second movie when jill turns up in the the crop top and the short skirt yeah that's how she looked in the game yeah so so um yeah a little more practical and realistic in in remakes i think i and i think that represents the 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 shift um, Absolutely, is, and my thing, and my point with what I was trying to say with Lily Dimitrescu is that, like, the the thing about it is that, the, like, how the internet responded to Lady Dimitrescu, even though Resident Evil, uh, uh, even though they they kind of create games that actually are getting much better at how they represent women, is it such a real reflection of how the gaming culture is that they yeah. single handedly picked of what is ended up being a very small part of the game, but they picked something out of the trailer which was probably something they developed first so they used her and she's got quite a distinct look and it's good for marketing so you know i I would use that and then the internet took that and made that something really sexual because that's just how people know how to behave they don't know anything else they don't go they knew that she was tall they knew that you know she's got the big hat and all of that stuff and yet um they turned it into yeah i mean until just the dominant, they... dominant woman vibes, like the aggressive woman vibes. That it's called. It's got a name for it, and I can't think of it right now. But it's like the woman that. Um. It's it's like uh, what's it called? There's two types of sexism. It's the benevolent sexism, which is like a bit subtler, and it's more like it's expressed in like a positive way, and that like good things will happen to the female character as long as she sticks to the norms. And then there's like I think it's got like it's just like aggressive. Sec- there's another word for it and I can't remember. And there's when it's like the woman is so powerful that she is like man hating. She will eat them. She will do this. Like that's kind of like a bit of Lady Dimitrescu, except they they handled her so tactfully, and yet the internet blew it out of proportion. Hostile, hostile sexism. Hostile sexism. Thank you. Is what it's called. I was I was doing a goog. Yeah, hostile sexism is the one. Uh, on that, I've got a bit of a curveball. It's not uh-huh. really a curveball. 
And I want to talk about Pac-Man. Okay. Because um, obviously Pac-Man was is very, it was a very popular game when it came out. I think it was 1980 when it came out. And Pac-Man is obviously a male character, even though the character itself didn't need to have a gender. But obviously it's called Pac-Man. Um, so even though it's a male character... It was one of the first commercial video games that was released that actually involved a really large number of women playing it, uh, which was unexpected to the people that made it. And the po- the popularity amongst women m- led to the game's uh, North American distributor Midway Games to develop a sequel to it, which starred a female protagonist as their way of thanking their those lady arcade gamers for you know who played it and enjoyed it and all of that which is amazing an amazing thing to do that you're trying to honor that but rather than calling it pac-woman they called it miss pac-man and not only did they call it a miss pac-man they also made her look like fucking betty boop (laughs) put a put a bow on her head just oh god like i understand it was a really nice thing to do and then you just called her a mrs pac-man it's a pac-woman it's a woman um, anyway, uh, that is just, that was my little curveball for you. Cause when I saw that, I was like, this is, this is quite a, quite a thing. I mean, obviously this came out a long time ago as well. We have to also have to put it into context that how we are talking and thinking and, you know, challenging things now is not how it was happening back then. But looking back on it again, it's just like another nail in the coffin, <laughs> really. <laughs> so I just want to get curveball for you. There you go. Uh, old games is is an interesting angle. Uh, have you ever played a Metroid game? Uh, I have not. No. Do you, do you know much about the Metroid series? I I don't know. Science fiction series. Uh, the first game came out in nineteen eighty six. Side scrolling, um, very uh, map heavy. So you would explore parts of the map. Uh, there. Are going to be bits of the map you can't explore because you haven't got the right tools so you'd find a new power up and that would allow you to go back to where you were and go through a different thing so there's always going to be bits and pieces that you can't do until you've got the right equipment and, and then go through and then um you get to the end and you destroy the boss um yeah puzzle platformer uh there's been a few those uh, the most recent one uh, metroid dread uh, came out last year i believe um so yes you uh, the game you're just a little character in a in a space suit. I think it was... It might have been yellow in the original. My point is, you play this entire game, and if you were to 100% complete the game, uh, you got an additional cutscene um, that revealed that uh, the main character was a lady woman. Oh, um, okay. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I mean, 86. Uh, so the fact that the main character... I mean, the, the, it's, it's openly woman from, from then on. So... It's, it's not like it's not like they were hiding it, I, but the point was that, that you played this incredible yeah, space yeah. space adventure, and I'm, I'm sure there's people would just assume that it's gender. a man. Yeah, I like uh, the I idea mean, of someone someone who like is very adamant about playing male characters. I love the idea of them playing it and then just finding out at the end of the game. Oh, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, I mean, I I, I will I will say that the the optics of that don't necessarily track in 2022 where uh, because of the, the limited um, pixel count of 86, she does just stand in her underwear and wave. 
when it's revealed who she is. So rather than just okay. taking off the helmet, she <laughs> takes off everything. Okay, right, okay. <laughs> but, you know, it, uh, there's, there's only so many pixels you can you can fully represent um, at, the, at the time. Um, but, but yeah, I, st- I mean, I, st- I still like that as an idea, though, that the, the, the idea that they were subverting expectations of what women are capable of. Yeah. And I don't think... I mean, I would str- it would be a real surprise if somebody would get to that point in the end of the game and find out that Samus is a, is a woman again. Well, that that game was unrealistic. I can't believe a woman would have done all that. Rolled herself into a ball and rolled through all these tubes. It's ridiculous. I mean, the getting naked thing is just a thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but speaking of getting naked, I will mm-hmm. make this my last one. Oh, okay. Because I've not actually played this game, so I'm just going to say something because I have a feeling it's going to be on your list. Okay. Games where a the power of a woman uh-huh. is their sexuality is one thing. We've spoken about that. But that's, that can only be represented. So she is a woman, and when she gets, she gets a power up or where she's at her strongest, she loses clothes. Okay. So she is... Maybe dressed in even something skimpy, but like when she gets that power and it's released, she loses clothes in that moment while she as is at her most powerful. Mm-hmm. And one of the the games that came up when I was looking at this, and I've not played it, so and I don't know if you have, is mm-hmm. Bayonetta. Okay, that is on my list. I thought it might be, um, and it came up as one of the games that it it didn't have like really bad things to say about it, but it did say that she, when she's at her most powerful, she loses clothes every time. Okay, um, so context for that, her, uh, she's a witch. Her clothes are made out of her hair. Um, so I think I actually texted you about this uh, at the time. I haven't f- finished Bayonetta. I did start it, and then I got distracted by something else, and then ended it. It's not entirely my sort of, my sort of game, um, gameplay-wise. But I was aware of Bayonetta in the way that you've just described her. So I went in with that mindset. But the thing that I hadn't expected and surprised me is that I I feel like she owns that sexuality. You know, this is one of those games that I think what I will probably do now is, is play it so that I can speak on it with a bit more of an informed kind of decision. I understand the context of the hair, but the the... the, the thing for me is that when she's at her most powerful she's at her most naked and that wouldn't be a problem if there wasn't such a bad representation of women do you know what i mean because that thing exists when you create something like that and then you create an environment where oh but it's okay in this context it's still not okay does that make sense so it's like it's one of those things that's like it's really a fine line and what i would need to do is both play it and look at who made it Okay. Because it's it it is definitely a certain t- it's it's definitely one that I think is going to need context for me. I think in general there are games who there are other games who do this. I said Bayonetta because I thought Andrew might have something to say about it, which he did. Um, so I think what I will do for audience sake is I'm going to go play the game, uh, not anytime soon because I've got Horizon to get through. But I will play the game and I will speak on it again um, because I feel like it's something that's important because this is the really casual. Sometimes it's the casual really like well-placed sexism that you don't see like even as women there's stuff some stuff that happens that i'm like it goes over my head because i'm used to it i'm used to being represented in that way so i don't notice it uh, and i only really notice it when i look into 
how things are made. So I will go play it and I will speak on it again. Yeah, and maybe we can have another discussion about it at some point. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're definitely right. You need to look at yeah, who absolutely. made it and what, and what their intents are. Because I, I think from my listening to women to talk, talk about how women are represented and how women represent themselves, there is a fine line between a woman who is a sec who represents herself sexually because that's how she feels comfortable because there are people yeah. like that yeah and, absolutely and you can't and you can't dismiss absolutely yeah. how somebody represents themselves but because she represents herself like that doesn't mean that anyone can still impose their will onto her like yeah. if, if somebody represents themselves sexually they, they like to wear skimpy clothes or uh cleavage revealing things is still not an invitation for anyone to absolutely disrespect this person so my interpretation and maybe i read it wrong from the few hours that i played of it was that bayonetta fell into that that category of that's just who she okay. is as a character that's and that's how she which is which would be amazing if there is because it's not often that actually the group of women is represented accurately people who are comfortable with their sexuality who like to wear you know, like just you know show a little bit more skin they're quite often probably like the most misrepresented because every time a woman is naked it's you know everything you just said that is like wrong so i think like i really want it for it to be that what you're saying because i think that would be incredible if, if bernard is just someone who's just so confident in her body that she's just you know that's just how she is and that would be incredible to see um um, what, yeah. what what we should do, Viv, because I own the game for PS3. Um, you're very busy. Uh, but let's try and find some time where you can come over and just, yeah. just give it a go uh, rather than rather than committing yourself to buying the PS4. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. 10th anniversary version. Come and play the PS3 one and then see how you feel. And then, and then we'll do... Yeah, we'll come back to this then. All right, it's a deal. This is just... A handful. I like. I had a very long list. We barely scratched uh, my list of uh, of people. I'm going to throw out a few names. We're not going to go into any more discussion. But I want to throw out a few more names of uh, characters and games that we didn't talk about. I want to talk about um, Amanda Ripley from Alien Isolation. Uh, love her strength and the connection she has with her mother. I think that's a really important thing from the films and that they covered in the games. I think that's really great. Uh, Faith from Miller's Edge. Uh, Clementine from The Walking Dead. She was also on my list. Yes. Uh, Chloe Nadine from Uncharted and particularly Lost Legacy. Uh, Amicia from A Plague Tale. Alex and also Max and Chloe from the Life is Strange series. And Edith from What Remains of Edith Finch, um, which is a game I recommend. Yeah. You've, you've been wanting to play for ages. Also, uh, and some weird uh, outliers, all the women from the Borderlands series. Femme Shep from the Mass Effect series. V, the female V from Cyberpunk, because these are games where you can uh, choose gender. And despite the fact that we don't like saying these words on our stream, I will shout out for Cassandra from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because um, I didn't finish that game because of Ubisoft, but uh, she was really great and I liked her. Yeah, the only I have a couple of people that are crossover from Angie's list, but the only other people I'd like to give a shout out to is Ellie and Abby from The Last of Us, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Tris and Yennefer from The Witcher Three, oh, which yes. I would have also talked about uh, if we had a bit more time. Um, but um, yes. So yeah, I you know, um, 
I think I definitely think we're in a place where women's the representation of women in games is better. I think there's still ways to go, um, and there's definitely ways to go where it doesn't feel like tokenism because that's still a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there are interesting, nuanced characters in there, and some—I mean, some of those ones on the list that we didn't talk about, um, like their their stories are really relevant and really emotional and powerful. If there's a bunch of stuff on those, either the games we talked about in a bit more depth, or the ones that we that we didn't, we just crossed through, and you've not played them, just check them out. Go and have a look at a trailer or something, um, and see and see what you think. Absolutely. I will. Uh, what we can do is we can post our lists of games and um, you can go check them out in your own time and uh, let us know what you think. Yeah. And let us know if you've, if you've got any, anyone that we didn't talk about, either positive or negative uh, representations. Absolutely. We'd love um, to hear from you as usual. So next up. We have some uh, a, a game we're excited about. Let's go on to Game Watch. Andrew, what are you looking forward to? They have just announced the uh, P- PlayStation uh, release version of The Ascent, which is a cyberpunk aesthetic uh, twin-stick shooter RPG thingy that came out on PC and Xbox in July of 2021, but is now due for PlayStation on March 24th, which is very soon um, gosh everything's coming around ah uh, i yeah in march what is up with the march i mean great for my birthday month but wow yeah i mean i've already got three games on order for march 25th so <laughs> yeah you yeah. do uh would you like me to tell you how the game is described uh from the wikipedia because i did go to the website and it doesn't have an official <laughs> great. description page uh, Fantastic. for cool. what the story is shall i describe it to you <laughs> yes please um, okay, uh, the game takes place within an arcology in the futuristic dystopian world known as Velus. Controlled by a powerful mega corporation called the Ascent Group, players assume control of a worker enslaved by the company. After the mysterious collapse of the Ascent Group, the arcology descends into a chaotic free-for-all pitting districts, syndicates and rival corporations against each other for control. The player's role is to stop other factions from seizing control and uncover the mystery behind the demise of the Ascent Group. Oh, um, okay. And I, I bloody love a good twin-stick shooter. Um, and this one's got real kind of Blade Runner vibes going to it, and it, it's just it's very pretty. Oh, okay. Um, You'll have to let us know how that how that um, how that plays when you get yeah. around to it. Eventually, yeah. after playing all of the millions of games that are coming out in that month. Yes. Yes. But equally, really grateful that there's so many good games coming out on that month. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was one that I tried to do on Game Pass for PC, but um, but my internet was not good enough to stream it properly. Um, so ah, got bit, yes. Got a, got a bit glitchy, so I, I gave up because, yeah, I've been really wanting to play this one. Um, very happy. It is playable in co-op as well. Oh, well which then. Is, which is very exciting. Um, but... Um, all right, so that's that's what we're looking forward to. The Ascent, uh, which is going to be released on March 24th on PlayStation. If you have an Xbox or a PC, uh, you will have access to it already. So let us know if you have played it or if you will play it. And let us know what you think. Uh, 
that's that's our show for the, for this week. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it very much. We do indeed. Um, if you would like, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter on at Game with Squishy. Just a reminder that we have started a, a charity drive today. So if you would like to donate to the Fawcett Society, please follow the links on our Discord and Instagram and Twitter. And anything you are able to donate, we are very grateful for. Thank you very much. That will run until the 17th of April. Do also join us on our Discord if you'd want to chat about the show, anything we've spoken about, any links we post. Uh, we'll be um, sort of sharing some of the links from today in our list of female characters and the games that they are from on there as well. So do join us on our Discord. Thank you again for listening, everyone. This is the first time that I've recorded this line. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day at whatever time of the day you're listening to us. Bye, Squishies. Damn it, why didn't I say that? shoot it.